of the legal geeks. With us today is, I'm not cheating on Jessica with a redhead, I'm actually <laughs> here to introduce Andy Bolt, a talented comedian, host of Dork Fork on The Nerdist, and uh, a very funny young lady. So Andy, thank you for joining us. Hello, thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Um, I wore my Harry Potter robe snuggie because it's the most, uh, you know, lawyerish thing that I own. <laughs> you know, it is a little ironic that you are wearing like the Slytherin colors, which were, you know, the snakes, and I don't know if that has some legal connotation to it or not. <laughs> you know what? You can read into it all you want. All I know is that it was the only one they had. And I saw it, and I had to have it. <laughs> As you should. As mm -hmm. you should. So the question everyone wants to know, while it's obvious how Jessica and I are geeks, I mean, I'm wearing a bow tie with whales on it, but, you know, how are you a geek, Slytherin Snuggy aside? I mean, besides the fact that I'm just, like, really awkward in social situations, besides that? Um. Well, I think I'm a geek. I blame my mother because when I was a kid, she's really into sci-fi. So she got me super into it. Um, and then, like, she's still, she's 62 and plays World of Warcraft every day. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just was a nerd. I got picked on a lot. I had bright red hair, and I really just loved, I loved mainly, like, movies is sort of what got me into it, like, um, Red Sonia, 1984, with Brigitte Nielsen. Maybe you've heard of it. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, that was, I was obsessed with it as a uh -huh. kid, and then I found out it was actually based on a comic book, and then I became obsessed with comic books, and then basically anything I could be obsessed with, like I would get obsessed with it, and then I would draw pictures of it, and I'd spend hours in my room by myself drawing, you know, Lord of the Rings, and just like, you know, you know, doing that instead of hanging out with other people. Um, so I think my mom always wanted me to have more friends. Um, I think they knew I was like a nerd when I had a slumber party and like a lot of people did not show up, let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of, uh, what, what has brought me to this. But I mean, the, the story behind George Fork is that me and my other like nerdy, like comedy friends would want to watch a movie and then have a meal to go along with it. So we would you know, watch Goodfellas, which isn't necessarily a nerdy movie, but we would nerd out and we would make spaghetti meatballs and we would, like, slice up the, you know, uh, garlic with a razor like he did in the movie. So we would take something and we make it really nerdy. And I was like, that should be a show. So it is now, which is very exciting. <gasps> but, yeah, that's kind of the story of that. Nice. And where can, where can you find Dark Fork? It's on the Nerdist YouTube channel. So Nerdist Industries is a podcast, it's books, it's, okay. you know, a production company, all that. So Nerdist is the production company, and Chris Hardwick is an executive producer on the show. And it's on their channel on YouTube. And we're getting ready to shoot more episodes uh, this month that will start premiering in uh, February. I'm very excited because we're doing a Game of Thrones episode, so it's going to be very exciting. Um, oh. Which... I don't know if you guys watch that. Being lawyers, I don't know if you have time to watch Game of Thrones over and over. But I do, and <laughs> I'm making food about it. 
Nice. I'm sure you eat with your hands. So um, <laughs> what inspired you to get into comedy? Um, when I was a kid, I was the youngest of three girls, and I didn't get a lot of attention. Uh, and I first really started wanting attention. I noticed I get a lot of attention when I make people laugh. It's very sad. I think it's a very sad way to put it, but I, I'm pretty sure that's why I went into comedy. But then I was a kid, and I loved telling jokes, <laughs> and I did my first um, stand-up when I was 10, actually. Um, my mom wow. helped me write it. And I like to think that I wrote it when I was 10, but I think it was probably written by my mother. And it was like, I have red hair, and I live in the mountains, and there's mountain lions, you know, uh, jokes like that, which I still tell those, still very funny. Um, but no, and then, uh, and then I just started going to our video store and just renting, like, Seinfeld and Cosby and Steve Martin and... I just, you know, my mom was like, oh, watch all this stuff because you'll like it. And then she's like, and this is laughing. And I was like, no, I didn't think that. I didn't get <laughs> laughing when I was a kid. <laughs> um, but, yeah. But, yeah. And then, so that, It was from the 70s. It was weird. There was a lot of dancing. There was a, Not that I'm against dancing, but I didn't get why it was supposed to be funny. But um, And then when I was uh, 14, I did my first open mic, and I really liked it. And then I just kind of – I think my mom always thought – I was like, I really want to make movies and tell jokes and be a comedian and, and you know, write my own movies, like, you know, the way Steve Martin does. And, uh, and I think they really thought I'd grow out of it. They really hoped I would. So they were, like, supportive of it. And then after high school, they're like, I'm sorry, wait, you're doing what for – you're going to try to do what for a living? Um, and then they were not on board with it for a long time. And then once I actually was able to make a living at it and I wasn't, you know, living on the streets, which God knows what they thought I was doing in Los Angeles. But, you know, um, now that I'm able to make a living at it and they see that, like, oh, I'm not going to just give up. Now they're very supportive of it. So we, we are all on the same page now, which is very nice. Ah, Excellent. So did you recently organize a benefit show? What was that for? Yes. So my mother has been battling cancer for about the last two and a half years. She's got this very warm, this very rare form of cancer called NET, uh, which is neuroendocrine tumors. And they are tumors that go unseen or misdiagnosed usually because they're so rare. So a lot of cancer patients go through a whole bunch of treatment that doesn't even, it's not even for the right cancer that they have, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm a comedian, and the way I've been dealing with it is to make jokes all the time. And my mom has actually found a lot of healing through it as well. Like, she'll pitch me ideas for jokes to do in my stand-up about her cancer. And I was like, you know, that's pretty great. And then we've been going to these group therapy sessions at the hospital with different family members who all had the cancer, and I'm like, you can just, it's the best room. I get the easiest laughs in that room because everybody is so sad. And sad people are, like, the easiest to make laugh because they're just, like, ready. They're ready for it. And I was like, let's just throw a whole benefit, raise some awareness, raise some money, and um, also just, like, give all these people who have been fighting it, like, just a night to go out and laugh, you know. And, um, and it was really great. And the hospital helped us out, and uh, which is Cedars-Sinai. And then, like, some really great comics, like David Kettner and uh, Greg Fitzsimmons and Fortune Feimster, like, all these comics, as soon as I, I was like, hey, we're doing this benefit, 
or would you be interested? They were like, yeah, absolutely. You know, and it was fantastic. It was like such a great show. Um, and it was, it was really great. We raised, we raised, um, like just under $2,500, which I had never done something like this before. And I was really like, you know, the hospital was like, you know, we can use every dollar. And I'm like, I'll bring you like a hundred bucks, you know, cause it's LA and I'm, you know, doing another stand up show, you know? Um, but man, like people were so supportive and, um, had some like cancer patients come up and say that it was like just such a great night. It's just a night to like go and release and like not be ashamed of your cancer or feel bad about it, but just like embrace it and, you know, find a way to laugh at it. And so it was really great. So we're going to do more of those, which I'm very excited about. Oh, and that's nettumorhumor.com. So if you want to check it out. Ah. It's fighting cancer is a good thing. So now, now where have the shows been so far? We've only done one, and we did it at the Westside Comedy Theater, which is in Santa Monica. Um, And I don't know if you know that place, but it's a comedy theater here in L.A., um, that's run by a bunch of comics who are all these really great people, and it's a fantastic venue. It's, like, such a great venue, and it was sort of perfect for the amount of people we wanted, and um, it was it was really great. And they do a lot of shows there, you know, seven nights a week, and they have classes and stuff. So that's West Side Comedy. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. So. so not to get away from this very important project that you're working on, but I heard that you have some story about an online dating experience. Uh, yeah, Jessica, this is much more important than fighting cancer is my dating life. Um, it's it's <laughs> an easy transition. Um, so... <laughs> Speaking of cancer, yes. <laughs> Yeah. I know that. Um, I, I'm a comic, and the comedy community is pretty small, and I never had a boyfriend my entire life or had been kissed or anything until I moved to L.A., and I met this other comic, and then we dated for a while, and then we were like, well, we're kind of just best friends. We're not really, like, going to get married or anything. So after we broke up, I was like, oh, like, now I only know comedians, and we're all friends, like, so it's like dating his friends kind of. And my friends were just like, oh, you should try Match.com. And it's really great. You can, like, find, like, very geeky, like, people who are really into the same stuff you are, which is really fun. Um, so I decided to go on Match.com. Well, my my robe is falling off. Um, or I decided – sorry, I should start over. Um, I <laughs> – I was lonely and being very awkward in social situations, trying to find somebody to date me. Um, I mean, it seems like I'd be really smooth, right? Um, So my friend was like, you should really try online dating. Like, everybody's doing it. You should really do that. And so I decided, okay, yes, I'm going to do this. And one of the very popular sites, which I chose to try out, um, has a six-month guarantee. And I was like, interesting. But there's a lot of stipulations with the six-month guarantee. So I started dating, and I said yes to anybody who would ask me out. And then I found that that was not good, uh, that you should have some sort of standards. Um, so a couple, 
a couple of bad dates later, uh, I, you know, got a little more picky with my standards and said, like, maybe it's not every age. Maybe I don't need to go on a date with 55-year-old guys. Maybe I should cut it off at 35, you know, um, things like that. So I, I then, anybody who was in, within my standards, if they asked me out, I would say yes. And it was awesome. Like one week, I went on nine dates in that one week. But what I would do is I was documenting the whole thing, and I was, like, filming myself on the way to the dates. And then after the dates, and then, like, this camera buddy of mine was, like, filming me. Like, I, we sat at an outside table, and he was, like, in a car, like, filming a date. And then I would, like, vlog about it. And I was very excited, and it was very fun. And I was just going to, like, document my whole six-month guarantee thing. But then I met a guy that I really liked. Um, and then I felt really bad that I was, like, blogging about this guy that I did want to have a relationship with. So I called it quit. But I always wanted to do it as a movie. Then the, me and this guy have now since parted ways anyway. Um, I know. What's the deal? Why doesn't anybody want to lock this down, guys? What is going on? Um, but so uh, we are very friendly, a very friendly parting of ways. But I was just getting ready to start shooting this movie that I had been writing based on that whole experience. So now I've decided to shoot it. It was going to be a mockumentary about this girl who's putting the six-month guarantee to the test. And now it's going to be a mockumentary slash documentary because I'm going to go back on the online dating site and um, see if I can get guys to actually go on the date and be okay with it being filmed to be in the movie and actually film, like, real first dates. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> uh, but that's... Uh, an exciting new project that I'm I'm very excited about. So let me get this wow. straight. You're going to go on a date with a dude and have a talent release on the first date. Am I understanding <laughs> that correctly? Yes. But I'm going to be very upfront about it. Like in the profile, it's like, hey, I'm going to be filming these first dates. Like don't ask me out unless you're okay with, and it's just going to be the car portion of the date. The whole movie is like 127 hours, takes place in one location. It's all in the car. So um, only what happens in the car. So it's like we won't take the cameras into the restaurant or whatever. But um, in my experience, a lot of the dating happens in the car anyway. Um, so uh, I think I think this is Los Angeles. I think I'm going to be able to find people who would go on a date with me and get filmed. Or this might be a horrible disaster. Either way, I will have gotten it on camera. <laughs> if you need help with the talent release, let us know. I will. <laughs> I do. I know. This project has become more and more troublesome. To... Like, there's a lot of rules I'm going to need to know from you guys. I know it looks like I know a lot about the law. But I am going to need some advice. Um, <laughs> which, like, one, I would... Yeah, without, without giving legal advice at this point in time, I would discourage anyone from recording a date without somebody else's permission in California. Yeah. Just, uh... That's why I'm getting permission right off the bat. Being very up upfront about it. Um... But um, there's a lot of people out here who just want to be on camera. You know, I think I've got good chances. Um, 
but also they might be the love of my life. I mean, I mean what if I meet the father of my children this way? It could be phenomenal. Um, but and the dates and the date could be sponsored by GoPro. Exactly. So, you know. Exactly. <laughs> by the way, do you guys have a GoPro? It is pretty much the most amazing camera ever. I just want to be the first person to shoot an entire feature, like narrative, like not action sports with a GoPro camera. Okay. Somebody's going to do it. And I think that somebody should be me. Um, but the, the, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> the six month guarantee has like all these stipulations and like fine print. Cause I signed up when I originally signed up, I was like, oh man, this is awesome. And then I was like dating and stuff. And then I was like, when I wanted to make it like a blog and like do all stuff, I was like, oh, what are all these rules? And like, you have to like contact five new prospects a month. And that has to be, and the way that you contact them is in a very certain way. And you have to go on a certain amount of dates and blah, blah, blah. And and it's, like, all this stuff. And I'm, like, well, how does anybody prove that? Like, I wonder if anybody has ever, like, cashed in on the six-month guarantee thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of have a feeling that they have not. Um, but uh, I would think that you would have to show some proof, you know, and that's kind of, like, what the movie's about. But um, so it's, it's called uh, You Got Six Months. And because the six-month guarantee, but also when I started this, I started it. Well, I'd be um, My sister was getting married in six months when I signed up for mm-hmm. online dating. And I was like, yeah, I just need to find a date to my sister's wedding. And I actually did. It worked. So, I mean, it worked up until like four weeks ago when we decided to separate. But, you know, <laughs> broken hearts make for better comedy anyway. Um, yeah. It's a good thing we had to push this interview, like, that we've had scheduling conflicts, because had we planned this four weeks ago, this this interview would have been insane. It would have been like, I don't know, I, uh, but it's better. Better this way. <laughs> yeah, 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 four weeks ago, I got friend-zoned, so I think it would have been a very similar expression on my face, so it was... Uh... <laughs> Apparently she was out of battery acid and decided Aww. to use that verbal mace of I think we should be friends. So I, I hear you. Man. <laughs> I, sorry, I flashback. Okay, okay. It's not easy. We'll save the dating therapy. Yeah. We'll save dating it's, therapy you know, for another yeah. website, another blog. We go geek. Oh, that's the whole other thing, geek dating therapy. Yeah. I, I do think, you know, we should, you know, every girl should have a friend like you is negligent infliction of emotional distress. So I, I think it's, it's something we should start suing on that to discourage Let's serve it. her some papers. Make it rain legal papers. Well, I'm curious to know the state for all these exceptions and these stipulations and everything. Do they say what state governs all these laws? I... <laughs> I did not know, and I tried to find it, but I'm not good at that. So I asked my very good legal geek friend to figure it out, and he did, right, Joshua? <laughs> did I set that up right? Did it, was that good? I did, because uh, that's just how I roll. Uh, it's the, you, you go, girl. It's the great state of Texas, 
and that has the forms, form selection and choice of law. And after right. having read a bunch of Texas cases, there should be like no way to have liability. So I totally, and there's binding on binding arbitration on top of that. So it's uh, they had some good lawyers working wow. on all that good stuff. Now what? Yeah. So, so good luck, Andy. No. Boo. Boo. I really like Texas though. The guy that I met on line was from Texas. Ah! Oh, guys, we're just a bunch of geeks gonna die alone, right? There's nothing wrong with dying alone. Yeah. Yes. Again, let's save that. We'll save that for another blog, maybe. But yes, I think we're all there. Jessica, um, quit fighting the emotion. I think it might be time to start Go wrapping on. this up. <laughs> yeah, we lose everyone. So America, we recognize everyone will die alone at some point. But I, I want to thank. I want to thank Andy for being being our guest. Expecto, and thank you. Oh my God, I'm embarrassed. Uh, thank you guys for having me. That's all I meant to say. That's what I should have done. Thank you for having me.